0: Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends. Well, welcome back to A Life Invested. I'm so grateful to have you here. As always, appreciate you taking time out of your day to be able to invest in yourselves and your mindset and your future. I've got an incredible guest with me today that I feel super, super thankful to have with me on the show. Um, This is Travis Bott, and he has accomplished some, I mean, truly incredible things. I I can't wait to learn from him and have you guys learn from him. I hope that you choose to take out a uh, pen and a piece of paper to be able to jot down some notes from the wisdom he has to share. Um, Travis is a serial entrepreneur. He has built and exited three companies, the most recent being a nine-figure exit with a SaaS software company. Travis has been involved in crypto for nine years. Which includes his most recent project, the Meta Labs launch of Meta Meta Bounty Hunters NFT, which was one of the larger mints in the NFT space. Meta Labs is one of the premier Web3 and blockchain agencies and launch pads. So I feel just extra grateful to be able to learn from him today. Travis Bott, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Hey, you bet. Thank you, man, for being here. We we all appreciate it. Myself and uh, all the listeners be able to learn from a legend like yourself. If, if uh, somebody wants to be able to follow along and kind of what you're doing, what you're building and, and your journey, where's the best place for them to kind of join your community?
1: I'm at, I'm actually terrible at that. Honestly, one of the things that I'm not great at, but I would say the best place is to connect with me on Instagram, follow me there, send me DM there. Um, man, I'm just starting to get my Twitter up and going so much stuff in social media you have to do. So I'm I'm not the best at it, but I'm always happy to engage with somebody if they reach out.
0: I love that, man. Yeah. Just, just so everybody knows, I mean, um, Travis is like one of the most authentic, genuine people I know for the short amount of time that I've known Travis, he is as kind and as good hearted as they come. He's just uh, a really, really great individual to, uh, to have in your network. And so, yeah, that's really kind of him to offer offer that to get in touch with them on Instagram. That's great. What's your handle? What's the best place people can follow you? Uh,
1: Just at Travis bot. So
0: at Travis bot. Okay. Nice and easy. And bot is with two T's B O T T. Yes. Awesome. So I love it, man. Um, how would an individual begin to create kind of the lifestyle that you've
1: been able to build in their own lives? Um, I mean, uh, relative to the lifestyle is just I think every individual has their own lifestyle that they want. They dream of, they think about, I think a lot of it comes from our experience, you know, where we came from Um, that defined a lot of my lifestyle and what was important to me, but I think getting a clear vision for it um, of, of what they want their life to be like, and then having a clear understanding of that, but then not getting too caught up in that. I think a lot of people get so caught up in, you know, thinking they know what they want their life to be like um, without living life. Like at the end of the day, I think you can only visualize a life that you've seen or experienced. So our, uh, our ability to set goals or to visualize what our life could be like is predicated on something we've seen in somebody else's life, but that can also be a limiting factor because, like, we don't know what the universe holds. We don't know what technology holds. We don't know what the possibilities of life are until we're living it. And so I think having a base layer of what you want it to be like, but then just not getting too caught up in in worrying so much about that and just living each day, making progress towards what you want.
0: Dude, I love this idea so much. I'm going to bring up um, a couple instances of individuals I've had on the show in the past that have said almost the exact same thing. And so it's interesting to see this pattern, right? Individuals that are accomplishing really, really big goals. They all say and model the exact same practice, which is getting really, really clear about what you want in life. Sometimes I ask people, like, well, what do you want, right? Over the next five years, They say, I don't know, I just want to be successful, or whatever it may be. And it's like, well, you've got to be able to have kind of a roadmap, as far as what that looks like from point A to point B. If somebody were to get into an airplane in New York city and say, Hey, I'm going to go out West. I don't really know where I want to land or what's going to happen. They, they may end up in some abandoned cornfield, right? Instead right. of at the airport. But if they know it's like New York city to salt Lake city airport, that is where I'm going. It's really, it's nice because the pilot can just plug it in. Right. And it'll take them exactly where they want to go because they have an end point. Um, Casey Baugh, who is a good friend of mine. And an in it, it, incredible investor in person. Yep. He said the exact same thing. Dave Allred, who's been on the show, said the exact same thing. Just get super, super clear about what you want. I also loved, uh, Trav, that you had mentioned um, this idea of modeling, right? What we want in our lives, that we, we really only have the ability to create, you know, in our minds, in our brains, things that we have either seen or seen other people accomplish, model, right? And so what is it that you've been able to to do in your life to make sure that you've modeled the right people in order to act in a way that's been conducive to getting what you have?
1: Yeah, sure. So I, <clears throat> I think we ultimately end up defining modeling our life from two perspectives. One of them is the negative experience of potentially what you went through as a child, what your life was like. Like uh, for me, we weren't, you know, like food stamp poor, but we weren't rich. When I was 18, I'd only ever traveled to Utah, Wyoming, and Idaho. Like that was family vacation. I'd never been on a jet when I was 18. Now I've been to 60 countries. I've been all over the world. And so a part of the modeling comes from, I think, a negative place that can be very motivating, which is what we know we don't want. And then I think part of the modeling comes from finding people who live aspects of life. And I think too many people first define the model of life by A size of house, an amount of money. Um, and, And I think a lot of people find emptiness in that because you think the guy that has the big house on the Hill is the happiest guy in the, in the city. And that's very, very often not the case. Right. And so I think finding people who have the happiness in life you want, what are the things that they focus on? Where do they put their energy and attention? Um, you'll find most of those people are family oriented, uh, focused people that derive their happiness from something. And so as you start to break down, like, what is it you truly want in terms of seeing somebody else's life, who they are, how they are, how they treat people, how they are with their family, the things that they value, and then start really dialing into those things, And modeling, what is it that's driving that for them? Most people think it's all comes from money. And I don't think money's a bad thing. I think money's an important tool to allow you to have things like time freedom, financial freedom, create experiences, create memories. But I think people get very narrowly focused in that instead of saying, okay, like somebody's very fit. What is it that they do every day? I can model something after that. And create a successful outcome for myself. Somebody is financially successful. What is it that they do? Somebody is happy in their life. What is it that they do? Somebody has a happy marriage. What is it that they do? Somebody has good kids. What is it that they do? And you can start to pull from that and start building out something that you can model against to create those successful patterns in your life.
0: Dude, this is so good, Trav. Thank you very, very much, man. I, I appreciate this. There's a couple of things I was taking notes about uh, regarding what you said. And I just kind of want to dissect them here for just a little bit. One of those things that you mentioned was that, uh, you know, what we have gone through as young people can have an impact or influence kind of where we're at now and our futures, right? Based off, and one of the things that I love so much about what you just taught was based off of how we kind of, uh, choose to filter them through our mindset. So somebody could go through a really negative experience and they could let that destroy them, right? They could say, man, woe is me. This is the worst thing ever. My life is terrible and there's all these bad things happening, which would not be an ideal approach right to that. But you took it a very, very different direction. And you said, I'm going to let these negative things that I've experienced motivate me to be able to get what I want and have more right in life. And that is a similar approach to what Tony Robbins has done. His dad, Tony Robbins dad was making 12 grand a year. And his mom was stoked about him being a truck driver. <laughs> she had told Tony, Hey, you need to go drive trucks, you know, and you can make, she was, she was excited. She's like, You know, you can make $24,000 a year, Tony, yeah. you know, if you're driving a truck um, and Tony knew like, it's like, no way, man, there's so much more out there, right? He knew that and he kind of let that motivate him in his life to be able to live something that created or a life that allowed him to, to have freedom and, and what he envisioned, right? In, in his life yep. and future. I really, really love so much that you have talked about and outlined how important it is to uh, focus on really understanding what we want out of life. And it doesn't need to be money, right? There's so many people that have incredible relationships, right? In their lives. It's like, man, how can I model them? Or like you mentioned fitness, it's like, man, what can I do to find meaning, fulfillment and happiness by making sure those portions and parts of my life are kind of where they need to be. And like you said, money is great, but it's not everything by, by any means. How? Let me ask you this. How have you been able to develop your your current mindset? What has that stemmed from, Trev?
1: Um, I think, I mean, it stems from good mentors. It stems from being around people that have that same want, desire. Like, I don't think you can spend every day around people that are negative and develop that mindset within yourself because ultimately those people are just going to impact your energy and your ability. So I think... One being around, even if they're not the most successful people, at least positive people that want to improve and be better. And then two, I think just always finding that next level of relationships in your life of people that are willing to challenge you and push you. And even for, I think by, if you were looking at society standard of success, I've had a pretty good level of success in my life, but I'm, out joining new mentor groups. I'm out interacting with new people. I'm paying for coaching from people because uh, whether they've had more success or less success doesn't necessarily mean that they can teach me more or less. And getting different perspectives on how people are finding happiness and success and how people are winning in life and just keeping yourself around that, um, it, it forces you to stay in that. And if you stay in that energy, you're just going to continually develop little aspects of yourself that you can refine and make better and improve until you create what that, like that perfect outcome for yourself, which I think on some cases is impossible because life's constantly evolving. technology's evolving. The world we live in is evolving. So we have to constantly be growing with that and changing with that. But ultimately, I think if you keep yourself in that, in that energy and around those type of people, you'll find yourself constantly improving.
0: This is so good, man. I'm over here just scribbling a ton of notes. I love it so much, Trav. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um I wanna I wanna ask you maybe kind of a little out-of-the-box question. Um, but if we look at like Elon Musk. Right, the, the guy in two thousand two, he sold to eBay. Um, I think he, I think the PayPal a big chunk of it, right? And it, he had made yep. a very very large amount of money. Um, I think it was like one hundred sixty eight million, somewhere in that ballpark, right? And what's interesting is people could very very that's generational wealth, right? They could they could take that money and use that for years and years, kids and grandkids and kids of grandkids, right? But something kept him moving and still does, to where he invests in all these other companies. And keeps moving forward. There's something kind of pushing him to go to the next level. And you had mentioned the same thing here, right? Like you, you've accomplished a lot in your life already. You've, uh, you, you've got um, a great foundation of, of where you're at. And you've made a lot of money. You've been able to do a lot of cool things. So why, why keep going to the next level? What pushes you to, to move to the next level?
1: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's actually an interesting question, right? Because. You can look at the example of Elon Musk. You can look at the example of Steve Jobs, who on his deathbed died with a life of regret, right? Of all the things that he didn't value. And so for, for me, like from a business perspective, um, I find fulfillment in that. I'm passionate about like some guys like to go golf. I like to create businesses, right? Like that some, some people call it my job. To me, it's like my hobby. It's what I enjoy doing. And so I think when you really boil that down, like people at at any level in any place in life are looking for fulfillment, validation. Where do they derive validation? What validates them? Some people derive it like Elon Musk from going to that next level in business, thinking bigger, going to Mars, getting out. But I think when you look at Elon Musk, you can also see areas of life where I would look at it and say, man, that's unfortunate or that's sad or that's lonely, right? That he lives in a uh you know mobile car inside of his business and has no, like doesn't have a lot of that human validation with kids or family. And so that's where I think you got to step back to like what is truly important to you and where do you wanna get validation from? Because as a human, we we are we're constantly in search of validation and defining inside of ourselves where that validation comes from ultimately determines the outcome of our journey. Like, I know you're a very strong family, man. I am as well, three daughters. Like I get a a lot of my validation from my wife and daughters. I don't like, I don't necessarily care a lot. What other people think there's very few people in my circle of influence That if they told me they thought good or bad of me, it's going to have any impact on me. But if my daughter said that, like that would have a huge impact on me because that's where inside of myself, I've worked on myself to have that be a focal point of validation for me. And I think that's the thing that people have to understand is like, when you're really creating that vision is what is going to create long-term validation for you? Because we all need it. We all strive for it, we all want it. And if you're not clear with where you're gonna get that from and what really matters to you, you kind of get lost in life and that's when you're chasing the dollar, you're chasing the the influence, you're chasing the fame, you're chasing something that you'll never obtain because you're looking for validation. And so I think if you understand that, like in the case of Elon Musk, clearly success in business and, and ideation and creation is a big validator for him as who he is as a person. Otherwise there's no logical reason a person like that would keep doing what he's doing. And if that fulfills him, if at night when he's alone on his pillow, laying there, he feels like a joyful human, then I'm nobody to say that's right or wrong, right? Because all of us get fulfillment and all of us get validation from different places. And I don't think anyone's right to say what's right or wrong in that. I just think inside of ourselves, we have to understand that so that we can find that validation and the things that truly matter, which is what makes us fulfilled and happy as a human, as an individual.
0: That's an amazing answer. Um, Really, really uh, an answer worth, I think, the listeners um, considering. And uh, there's this idea, and this is also Tony Robbins, but he says knowledge is not power, right? Which I agree with. I think knowledge applied is power. And so there's, there's a lot, I think, to be considered and um, kind of internalized from what you just helped people understand about really finding fulfillment, satisfaction, uh, you know, and uh, meaning in their lives. Uh, It's, it's really good. Um, I've mentioned this book previously in podcasts before, but I would recommend it to individuals because it makes a powerful difference in the outcomes that we have the opportunity to experience based off of the application of the principles in the book. And it is the book, How how Will You Measure Your Life by by Clayton Christensen. It is. It's really, really good because if the sole focus of life is money, somebody can go work 120 plus hours on Wall Street and crush it for Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan. And it's going to be a life of loneliness. It's going to be frustrating. A lot of those guys get divorced, right? They don't, they, they think they chase the money, but man, they miss out on building relationships. They miss out on fulfilling opportunities to um, understand real love and sacrifice and all these things that are, are they, they make you feel good. And like, at least for me, right? Like you said, I loved what your point was. Like some people derive validation from other experiences, but one of the things that we have to be careful about in our lives is getting to the end and regretting, right some, some of the things that happen. So what I get um, when I look at an individual that spends their life on Wall Street, it, again, it's a choice they get to make. But I wonder, I often wonder, do they regret that? Sure. Right? Do they get to the end of their life and say, like you said, with Steve Jobs because he certainly did. He had some regrets. He, he basically said, "You know, we don't get to take any of it with us." You know, as far as money we made, and I had there was this great analogy that somebody made to me once. I love the game of Monopoly. I think it's tons of fun. Yeah. But somebody had told me once, you know, about the game. They said at the end, at the end of uh, the game, it all goes back in the box. Right. It's, right. It's, you don't get to keep your hotels on Park Place and Boardwalk. You you put it back. Right. We only get to take what we learn. Um. So I really, really loved what you just taught, and I love that you mentioned you're a family man. You're an individual that I. I feel very, very grateful to learn from because we share the same kind of um, ideas as far as what brings us fulfillment. I agree with those things. Like I think for me personally, at least family does bring a lot of fulfillment and it's sometimes it's a bit challenging to figure out what the balance looks like between sure. your, your hobbies, what, what brings success and your family life. Um, I like to think I, I do an okay job at that. There's always room for improvement. What have you done to be able to create balance in your work life, your family life, and everything that you're building?
1: Yeah. So, and, and I'll touch, I'll, I'll go back on a little bit of the validation point, right? Like you see people. And again, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer to the equation. It's an individual uh, choice, right? Like when you lay down at night on your pillow and it's just you, and you have to think about your life, are you happy and fulfilled? Do you feel joy and exuberance, right? I think if you do that's that's the benchmark for you're doing the right things. I think if you don't if there's uncomfortable like my biggest fear in life outside of losing my wife or my daughters is regret. And I always try to I always try to look at big decisions or important decisions on my life and making sure inside of myself I'm to a place of fulfilled happiness and joy before making that decision. Because I think if you feel fulfilled you feel whole within yourself then it's easy to weigh out those feelings of how that decision makes you feel better or worse good bad and if if you're a whole person and you're happy it's easy to say um oh, that decision's not as important or, or it's highly important and that one feels like it's going to make me happier that one feels like it's going to bring me down and a good way to make those big decisions Without having regret, because I know if I can make a decision and maintain my fulfillment in life and maintain my happiness, there's a very small likelihood I'm ever going to look back on that with regret, right? And so if you take that into like really defining what you want out of life, then it's easy to, to make those decisions that are going to bring back fulfillment and happiness and you're always going to feel comfortable in, in where you are with those decisions,
0: dude. This is this is important, uh, super important stuff um, for people because we have choices every single day that we get to make, which is awesome. All right, we have the ability. Like, I don't believe that like life life happens to us, and we don't have any decision as far as the outcomes we we sure. get. And so, regret ends up being a choice, right? Yep. Based off of somebody's inhibitions to act. And so I love what you just said. So you've got kind of this mindset of I'm going to live life in a way where I ultimately try to optimize the great experiences that I enjoy in life and minimize any regret that I feel. Um, there's a great poem by an individual named John Greenleaf Whittier, and I love it. It's one of my favorites. He says, of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these it might have been. And I, I, it would be a bummer, right, to get to the end of your life and just think, sure. oh, man, I could have had this. I might have had this. I almost had this. Instead, it's like, we get this life. it's like, why not give things a shot, right? Why not try them? Um, so I want to ask you this question as well. When, when you have a thought, like, for example, with your uh, meta bounty hunters, right, this NFT project you've been working on, I'm sure that started as an ideation, just a brainchild, right? And one day you're sitting there like, man, this would be kind of cool. And so a lot of people have thoughts like that about ideas, but then they just leave them kind of in the garden of their mind, you know, to... To, to get sure. old and die but what is it that you do to be able to have a thought come in and say i'm going to execute and i'm going to go do it
1: yeah so two things there one uh at the foot of my bed every morning when i wake up i have a painting that says today because at the end of the day that, eight, five-year goals take 10-year goals they're important to have because they give you a like a like you said a direction right but at the end of the day, in a lot of cases, they're irrelevant because you don't know what's going to happen next year that's going to influence the ultimate outcome of a five year goal. You don't know what, like you might lose your arm, you might lose a leg, you might whatever, right? And so no, no matter what, what is going on in life, I know today I got to wake up, be responsible for my happiness and be responsible for whatever it is that I'm trying to derive fulfillment through. And I have to take the necessary actions for that and so it makes it easy because you can simplify it down to what is it that i need to need to do right now today given the circumstances i'm in the situation i'm in the whatever that's going to bring me one step closer to the relationship i want the life i want the business i want the family i want the whatever and those are the things i'm going to do today and that's it like that's how i live my everyday and then the the second thing is understanding the difference between failure and failing. Failing is a part of the process. Like I've failed in far more businesses than I've ever sold. Um, and those failures have included people upset. They've included haters. They've included whatever. But I know in all of those instances, like I've done everything that I had within my capacity to help to make them succeed. But I, I also... Don't get overly attached to the need to make them succeed because sometimes circumstances out of my control, like at the end of the day, all Roger can control is Roger. Like that's it. And you can control your ability to wake up today and do your best to create the outcome. But man, there's so many other things like going on in the world, individuals, team members, staff, uh, presidents, governments, idiots doing war, like all of that shit, right? And none of that can be controlled. And so all of those circumstances weigh in ultimately to the ability to have something go the way you want. And in a lot of cases, the businesses that I thought would be most successful weren't and businesses that I was like, yeah, this one could be good were massive successes, right? Like the hugest successes. And I'm like, man, I didn't see that coming. But I was in the game every day doing those things that I needed to be doing to move forward. And then I just at an early kind of stage of my career got a really good mentor that taught me like, you have to be comfortable with failing. You're going to fail at your diet, you're going to fail at your relationship. You're going to fail at being a parent. You're going to fail in business. You're going to fail hitting your goals. And if you allow your emotion to get attached to that failing, um, man, it's just going to be hard to move on. But like I would say my greatest skill set is I just have a relentless ability to fail and move on. Like I, uh, my wife actually had me watch a show. It's a very funny show. Although if the F word offends you, it's probably not the best show to watch. But outside of that, if I could have my kids watch it, I would. And it's a, a show that came out a couple of years ago called Ted Lasso. And it's about a soccer coach. And in there, he quotes you want to you wanna have happiness in life to have a memory like a goldfish, which is about a few seconds. That's why the goldfish is the happiest fish. Like it, whatever happened is gone and whatever's happening now is what it's experiencing. And I think that's what you have to have to be successful is, okay, that was failing, but I didn't, it wasn't a failure. Failure just means you stopped and gave up on whatever the outcome was you were trying to accomplish. Failing is just a part of the process. And then I move on and then I move on and then I move on and then I keep going. And like, there was a while in my my life where my wife would make fun of me because I'd be like, Monday I'm gonna start, start my fitness goals. And it was like, I would start Monday, I would fail two weeks. And then I would say, I'm starting the next Monday. But eventually I got there, closer to where I wanted to be. Am I where I want to be necessarily today? No, but I'm closer than had I failed. And so I think if you can build that muscle of, okay, didn't go the way I want. I don't, I'm not going to hold on to the emotion of it. I'm not, I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to go again. And I think that's what you have to do because you're going to have those ideas where you got to take the shot and some of them are going to work and some of them aren't. And that's just the process.
0: Dude, I mean, um, th- this is uh, all stuff that could be game changing for for people, life changing. So I hope those people that are listening, that are driving right now, I mean, pull over and write down some of your <clears throat> thoughts about what you've shared because um, it's inspiring, Trav. Like super, super inspiring. Um, there's something about being able to live in the present that's hard to do. It's not easy, right? Some be like, oh, I think that's easy to do. But one of the things I've realized in life is that the more I learn about life, it's a bit paradoxical because the more I recognize how little I know about life, right? Like the more, the more people I learn from, the more I recognize how far I have the ability to go, the more books I read, the more I recognize how much more I need to be reading. Um, And one of the things I love that you just taught was this idea of this goldfish, right? Where we happen to focus so much on the past and uh there's this idea in investments where past results don't necessarily guarantee future outcomes. Right. And that could be, that could be a bad thing or a good thing. Right. right? It could be, it could be a very good thing where somebody's experiences in the past, they don't need to be remembered or failure doesn't need to be what's dwelled on or ruminated on. I love this idea where you compare failing to actual failure because failing is just part, it's stepping stones to success. Dude, I just love this, man. This is one of my favorite podcasts. It's been so good. Everything you've said is like gold. These are gold nuggets that everybody can take and immediately apply to their lives to live happier, more meaningful lives. So I love this. Thank you. Um, I want to ask, you've talked a lot about in this podcast, and this is something I think to other people, they may listen to you and think this is a bit paradoxical in and of itself, that this individual that's very, very successful has mentors. Right. And I think I love this. There's another Dan Young, right? Dan Young. I love Dan Young. He yep. says the same thing. He's got like three different kinds of mentors. He's got a mentor that's like older that he can kind of look up to. He's got one that's kind of at his same level and one that kind of keeps him rejuvenated young and kind of on, on the go. And so for you, how do you, how do you find a mentor and what role has, you know, that there's this idea that like network is your net worth. And so how, how does that kind of apply?
1: Yeah, so I, I love Dan Young, and I would consider him a mentor. Like, I'll go up to Sugar House and sit at the juice shop to talk crypto, and there's not a time that I do that that I don't come away with some idea, some concept, some understanding that I didn't have. Um, so I'll go buy him a juice so I can sit and listen to him talk because the dude's absolutely brilliant. And I, I actually, it's funny. I put a post on Instagram about this. I think a lot of people think that it's bad to pay to be in people's circles. I think that they think it's bad. Uh, like, um, Andy Frazella was somebody I looked up to. So I paid to be in the arts syndicate. And then I, uh, paid to be in another group. And when I was in the arts syndicate, it was during COVID. So I didn't actually get to go meet him, but then I paid to be a part of Dan Fleischman's hundred million mastermind. And then through Dan, I ended up meeting, get reconnected with Andy. And now he's somebody I'll talk to once in a while and get advice from and guys like Ed Milet and all of those people. They're not people I knew in life, but I paid to be a part of somebody else's coaching group. I paid to be a part of somebody else's circle. And through that, I've developed not only mentors, but really close friends. But to start out with, I was just the guy that paid to be around them because I knew they were smart guys. I knew there were successful people in the group. And I wanted to get introduced into that community. In some cases, it was nothing more to pay to understand their philosophies, their coaching, their insight, the way they do those things. Some of them I learned things from that I applied and adopted. Some of them I just reinforced things I already knew. But at the end of the day, being around those. Uh, Type of people, people that are um, focused on giving value and people that are focused on creating circles of successful people. It's kind of what I said. If you always keep yourself in the energy of, I'm around people trying to do the things I want to do, going the direction I want to go. And whether I got to pay to be there, I get invited to be there. There's like really doesn't matter. And then if you're somebody who's focused on giving value when you're there, eventually you're going to create relationships out of those. And some of those could be like, I know a ton of people that have met their, some of their best friends in life currently in life by being at a mentorship program together or whatever. And so for me, I was posting about like, don't have shame to pay to be around the quality of people and the type of people you want to be around in your life, if they're willing to offer those kind of programs. I know you have one, like pay to be around those kind of people, and then give value and and put in the effort and the genuineness to develop relationships, and from there you'll extract the people you want in your circle. Like I don't necessarily want to be around the people that, um, like that you can just go somewhere for free and be around because. Most people that have the level of success that I want to be around value their time more than anything in the world. So they charge for mentorship programs. They charge for their coaching programs, but they're still the type and quality of person I want to be around. So I'm willing to pay to have that access. And then I know I'm going to go in and develop a relationship and I'm going to give value and contribute. And from that, I might develop a friendship or a mentorship that becomes really impactful and meaningful in my life.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, these are important principles here that you're talking about. Um, I want to cover maybe two or three more things with you, Trav, because this is so good. I love this idea of um, investing because it really is an investment, right? So a lot of times the human, the human brain psychologically, we're conditioned to focus on what we might miss out on, Right. Like we we have this thought of like, oh, man, if I invest this money into this mentorship program, I may not have these other opportunities. But what we don't really um, focus on as much as we should uh, focus on a, a particular subject is what we get out of those things. Right. These these opportunities to be able to develop ourselves, our minds get around people that are accomplishing things that we want to accomplish. And I love this idea that people really value what they pay for. Um, I mean, psychologically, so what's interesting is like, if you're going to pay to be inside of a group, you're going to, you're going to value what's talked about in that group instead, because if you didn't pay anything, it's like, ah, if I get it, great. If I don't, that's okay too, because it's free. But if I, you know, if I pay whatever to get inside this group, it's like, man, whatever this person says, I'm going to hang on every word and I'm going to try to apply this. I'm going to become better. I've noticed that with people in my program, the people that invest a good amount of money to be in the program, it ranges from 5k to 30k right now with where we're at. And the people that invest, they, they value the, and they work hard. When it gets hard, they don't give up, which I think is really cool. Because if somebody only spends 2K or 5K or 8K, 10K even, they may get to the point, it's like, ah, it's only this amount. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back out because I'm okay. But when somebody spends 17K, 20K, right, they're going to get into a situation when it gets hard. They're saying, no, I can do this. I committed to do it. And I'm going to keep pushing past the hard stuff. Uh, Have you found that to be true as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how we look at it or talk about it, money is the way that the world measures success. It measures a lot of things, right? I mean, it's the currency by which we can access things. If I want to go on a trip to an island, I got to have money. If I want to go to a concert, I got to have money. And so if money is the way that we measure a lot of things in life, and you have to put that up in advance and put that out in order to be a part of something, inherently, you're going to value it more. You're going to give more. You're going to participate more. You're going to be a better part of it. Like um, from Dan Fleischman to Dan Young, the Jimmy Rex to Sean Whalen, I'm a part of all their programs. I don't make their call every week, but I get on all of their calls at least once a month. I get value out of every one of them. They're all friends, but I've also never asked any one of them for a discount. And that's for two reasons. One, it shows them that I value what they're doing. And I value the energy, effort, and time. Like, it's not easy to do what you do. It's not like, I don't do a podcast every week because I'm not willing to commit the time, effort, and energy into doing that. Um, And it's not easy to do what you do and give out the value you give to people And so I would tell people, number one, it's your way to show that you understand that value and that you recognize it and you're willing to pay for it. And then number two, it's your way of committing yourself into pulling and extracting out the value you need to go to somewhere that's a next level in some aspect of your life.
0: Man, dude, this is so, so good. Um, Thanks, Trav. I, like I said, I, I hope the listeners are learning something. I I certainly am uh, from you, and I knew I would. I've been really, really looking forward to being able to have you on the show. It's awesome. Um, one of the things, just maybe a couple last questions here. Um, and I could talk to you about so so much. This has been amazing. Uh. One of the things that I think is interesting is it seems that whether people believe in God, I I believe in God, I'm a Christian, but some people believe it's the universe or whatever it is, right? Whatever an individual's belief system is, it doesn't matter so much as they understand this principle that when they act, providence kind of moves too, right? And so what I think is very interesting is if they're willing to put their feet forward into something and they have a goal in their mind, it's really, really interesting what happens in life. Um, They kind of find... And again whether they want to call it a miracle or just some really cool circumstance or coincidence there's really weird things that happen right yeah. like you move forward and all of a sudden all of these kind of pieces start coming together and you're you're wondering like how is this even happening it almost seems surreal right um just because somebody was willing to move beyond a fear that they had and push past an inhibition i know you've you've probably experienced that in in your life right from just having a thought and then acting on it. How would you encourage somebody um, to, when they have a thought, instead of getting fearful and saying, ah, oh, man, somebody else is going to do it or somebody else probably already has done it. How would you coach somebody and saying, Hey, when you have this thought, act on it, move forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a big uh, topic and a big conversation point, right? Like people talk about the law of attraction and, You know, I I definitely believe in God as well. Um, But I think most people have the equation of life backwards. And like a simple example, right? I I have my water bottle here. And if I say, I'm going to pick up this water bottle and drink it. Most people would think I'm speaking the present, right? It's what I'm doing now. What they miss is, is before I ever spoke the present, I spoke the future, And in all aspects of life, we speak the future first. The future actually comes before the past or the present. And when we speak the future, I'm going to pick up this water bottle. Then the only thing required is an action, right? So now I have to pick it up and I'm going to drink it. That just became the present. I spoke into existence what I was going to do and then I took an action and did it. Where people miss is, depending on how big of what you're speaking into existence is, right? I want to become a millionaire. I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. It's literally the only difference between you and somebody who's done it is the time it takes from when you speak to when you complete the action. And can you not get distracted, disheartened, disappointed, and give up in whatever time it takes from when you speak it to when it happens. And the only difference, if you've said, I wanna be a millionaire and you haven't accomplished it yet, the literal only difference between you and somebody that has is the time that the universe or God required from you to go to the time of speaking into existence what you wanted to the time of having it is that action period in between and somebody else was willing to stay focused and stay engaged and do the actions required. And you got distracted, sad, disappointed, whatever it was, and went off in some other direction during that time period where all you needed to do was keep going. And eventually it's inevitable. It's like, I think a lot of people don't believe in the law of attraction, but it's not, It is the law of attraction for a reason. It's an inevitability that as long as you stay focused on the action required, you're going to get there. If I say I want a six pack and I do the action without getting distracted every day, it's an inevitability I will have a six pack. It's not even a, it's not a possibility I can't. It's just most people eat a cookie on the third day. And so it's just that understanding that and staying focused long enough to achieve and bring about whatever it is you want, because we do all day long, constantly, all we're speaking is the future. I'm sad. That's your future. I'm going to be a millionaire. That's going to be your future. Now you just got to follow it up long enough to get there. That's it. And that's the only difference between somebody that gets there and somebody that doesn't.
0: Oh, man, Um, there's so much to say about what you just said, because I think uh, a lot of times in life, people want everything for nothing. And I love that you kind of scaled out this idea of drinking water, like saying, I'm going to drink water. That's a that's a very small scale thing, but it still requires an action. But it's the exact same thing as saying, I'm going to whatever it is, Uh, you know, I'm going to make 100 grand in a month or whatever that may be right for someone. It's the same thing, but one's bigger, one's smaller, both require action. And the bottom line is that I think mindset plays a major role in what people get out of life, because some people will say, of course, I can pick up the water and drink it. Anyone can do that. But when when someone says like, no, you can make $100,000 in a month, they may not believe that's possible, right? They may not think they can do it. But the truth is, what I love about what you said is that they can, right? It's inevitable that they'll get there if they stay focused and they don't get distracted um, or disheartened, right? Discouraged. And uh, I, man, what, uh, that's just so important what you just shared. And so I'm, I'm really, really grateful for everything that you just taught. Um, Last question for you, Um, man, I could talk to you all day, Travis, you're just Uh as good as they come, man. I'm thankful to know you, I really am. Um, Let's just say an individual uh, listening to the show only has ten thousand dollars to invest, right? They just have ten grand total, right? And I'm not going to ask you to tell them where to put it, but I'm going to ask you a, a binary question: as far as do you think an individual who has ten thousand dollars total to invest should put that into an asset that is something that can produce cash flow, or into training, like a mentor? Right? Would you say, hey, if somebody came to you like one of your sales guys or a friend and said, hey, I've only got ten grand, right? They said, should I, should I get into this program, this mentoring program, or should I put this into an asset? What would you say?
1: I mean, the the first answer would be, hopefully you could do both, half into each, right? But ultimately the, the long-term uh, investment that's going to pay the highest dividends is investing into, find something you're passionate about. Again, find somebody who, is accomplishing what you want to accomplish in that space and pay them to understand what it is they're doing. That's allowing them to have that level of success that you want in that. So you mentioned Dave Allred, right? Real estate. If I wanted to own doors of real estate, like duplexes and fourplexes, which by the way, I know nothing about. So if I wanted to do this, this would be a literal example I would go to Dave Allred, I would pay him for mentorship, I would pay to be a part of his fund, whatever it is, at whatever level you can engage. And I would learn what his blueprint was to be exactly where he was, and I would implement the same thing. Because he's clearly proven success. And so the greater investment will always be, if you don't have something you're passionate about, that gets you up in the morning and you want to go do or you want to understand or you're willing to put the time and energy into, figure out what that is and go invest those dollars into learning from somebody who's mastered that.
0: Dude, thank you so much, man. And I I think uh, to summarize everything today, I always say that uh, passion is not always something that's like internal. People are like, oh, I would do it if I were passionate about it. But what I've found in life is that people become passionate about the things they're either good at or they're willing to work at. So a lot of times people will be like, I'm not good at math. Well, it's because they probably aren't good at math or they're not willing to study math. Sure. Right? So people can become very, very passionate about things that they're willing to invest time into and get good at, right? Like somebody that wasn't good at basketball at one point in their life, if they were to study basketball, practice it and get good at it, I'd imagine they would like it because people like the things they're good at. And so, what I love so much about kind of bringing this, this idea into what you've taught about this painting that you have at the end of your bed, when you wake up in the morning, that says today, right? Or this, this saying or quote, is it a quote or a
1: painting? Just a painting that says just today.
0: Just today. I love that, right? Because if somebody has the ability just from this podcast, if they were to take one thing out of it, it's that today do something, right? That allows you to be able to move forward to what you are hoping to accomplish instead of putting it off. Right? Because if we keep putting things off that we want to accomplish, life goes fast. And I'm still young. You're still young. right? Yeah. But life goes quick. And so if we keep putting things off that we want to do, we'll find ourselves at the end of life going, dang it, I wish I would have done something. And so today, right? today, right now, if we can do something to help us get to where we want to be and who we want to become, it can make a monumental difference if it's compounded over a period of time. If every day we wake up and say, today, I'm going to do something that will turn into something really, really big. And you're a great example of that, right? In in your life. And so I can't tell you, Travis, how grateful I am to have you as a friend and to have had you on the show today. I learned so much. I took my pages full (laughs) of notes and uh, I could listen to you all day um, as far as what you've been able to teach me and the listeners. And so thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I love listening to your episodes and, and learn from them as well.
0: Thank you, man. I sure appreciate that. Well, so much love for you, brother. And I hope you have an incredible week, my friend.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you, brother.